die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. What are you doing? Getting a life. Hello everyone and welcome to the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for levelling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Trent and with me is my nomad friend, Jarrah. <laughs> hey guys, so today we are reviewing the latest addition to the Harry Potter cinematic universe, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. This is a spoiler talk edition, so if you haven't already seen the movie, we suggest you check it out. And if you would like a spoiler-free review of the movie... Good news, because I've published one up on the One Up Culture page as a written piece. So you get to see my thoughts. Unfortunately, you don't get to hear Jareth's, but we're going to hear Jareth's now. Uh, it will be spoiler talk edition, though, so just keep that in mind. Spoilers will be incoming quite heavy. It's also quite interesting, because neither of us actually know what the other person thought of the movie. Um, so this is literally like you'll be finding out with us, more or less what the other person thought. So this could get interesting if one liked and the other didn't. But Jareth, let us know, what did you think? Yeah, well, as you said, uh, you released that your thoughts in a spoiler-free edition on uh, earlier this week, and I actively avoided reading it this time because last time we did this uh, kind of deal, I, I read your thoughts and was kind of came into this knowing. So yes, we 100% don't know what the other one thinks, so hopefully we don't massively disagree. Um, well, maybe hopefully we do. Yeah, Because that could make do. for more entertaining Yeah, podcasting. definitely could. Uh, so I enjoyed it uh, straight up. I've I've only heard of one person who didn't enjoy this mm-hmm. film so far, um, and and I'll, I'll address that a little bit later. But the reasoning for that was that they saw a Deathly Hallows necklace and were like, "Oh, they're just living off Harry Potter," which I don't get. Well, yeah, it's kind of living off Harry Potter because that's the universe. Yeah, and, and it's a prequel before any of those characters are even alive. Yeah, but uh, the Deathly Hallows symbol was still a thing back then. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it came from a nursery rhyme within mm. the Harry Potter world, so uh, yeah, that didn't bother me. But that's was, the only thing I've heard. There was um, less pandering to the original books and universe than I expected. Actually, I thought there'd be a lot more kind of nods and winks, but really, we only got one or two things there. Yeah, really, we, we you got come into this with no knowledge. Mention of, of Hogwarts, we get mentioned of, of Dumbledore, yeah. and uh, that Dumbledore stood up for Newt Scamander when he was in school, um, and that's really the only, all we get to, to Hogwarts yeah I would have said the opposite in a lot of ways um, myself as far as that kind of pandering kind of aspect oh yeah no yeah. I definitely felt uh, that was actually what I was going to where I was going with that was that uh, I yeah I, I felt this was a standalone film mm. it, it worked very well in that aspect and the fact that the entire thing was set in America uh, which kind of threw me a bit I actually thought we were going to start in England and then travel to America we actually just start in America in mm-hmm. this film the main observation I had was that Newt Scamander is an autistic wizard yeah this is something you get throughout the entire film and and we see yeah his being on that spectrum in some way through a lot of different he very rarely makes eye contact with other other cast other other people within this film he is often very socially awkward mm-hmm. uh, which is something we get a, a kind of a tie back to when he was in school that uh, he didn't have many friends he actually only had what one which was little strange I think it was uh, just going off memory there uh, and then there was an accident and, and he ends up being kicked out of out of Hogwarts and uh, Albus Dumbledore stands up for him and that's all we really get of that story backwards and I think that's going to come into it more moving forward in the second in this. the third the fourth and yeah the fifth film yeah so i i like that they did that they um had a few little nods not just to the harry potter but as well as what they're going to be doing in this uh, franchise mm. and you know it was a standalone film so yeah i i really enjoyed that and the other thing with the the autism with the, you know i'm feeling like he was an autistic wizard is you often get uh, people with autism often focusing on a specific area and his definitely seems to be care of magical creatures. Uh, he's very focused on this, knows quite a lot about it and uh, he's writing a book through mm. through this movie. Yeah, we talked about that in the uh, preview episode we did a couple of weeks ago on whether they'd sort of bring up the book or whether there'd be references yeah. to it or maybe there'd be an end of credit scene kind of tying into it. But they do kind of... I, I liked how they introduced that. Like, it was brought up, it was mentioned, but it wasn't kind of overdone. It was casual yeah. until the very end where he's actually saying... Uh, he's saying to Tina, my book's coming out, I'll send you a copy. Uh, or I and, could just come along and get yeah, it Yeah, which is another one of those autistic things where it's kind of just like... 
or you know, would that be okay if I just give it to you? So yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed the character though, and and kind of having an it remind me of Drax in, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna sound so strange. The two ta- characters are very different, but um, yeah, this was just the same feeling I got after watching Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, Drax is autistic. It was a well written role, and it was quite a nuanced acting performance from Eddie Redmayne because sort of playing that kind of character, it could have very easily come across as overdone. And awkward, yeah. and like, yeah. And the character is awkward, but the performance isn't. No. And as someone, I've, I've, I know a few different people with varying degrees of autism, and you can kind of see the similarities represented through a couple of them in kind of how he acted and performed. Mm. And it, yeah, a really top-notch performance from Eddie Redmayne. And I like that you could kind of see some of the characters struggling to work him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you because know, a lot of sometimes characters who are portrayed as quirky or different and kind of that kind of especially as the lead protagonist they can be sort of held up almost in a high regard as oh this person's different but we you know everyone loves him because of his differences you saw tina sort of struggle with him you saw uh jacob course he struggled with him a bit to try and work him out and by the end of it like they were really close they were good friends and stuff but you could see them trying to penetrate and work out yeah how do i deal with this guy yeah, so, um, so you would agree with the autism thing? Did, yeah, did look, that cross that, your mind while watching it? Yeah, no, I got that impression. I don't, I, like, I haven't got any official statements from anybody saying that's what they were going for. Yeah. But that was definitely my impression watching it was, yeah, maybe they're portraying with that kind of bit of autism. Mm. And very much so where you kind of mentioned with uh, his intense focus on the Fantastic Beasts, yeah. definitely you kind of see that intense focus and knowledge and just, yeah, that is what their world is to them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, um, that was really well handled as well. I'm not a huge animal guy. Like I like them. Um, sometimes I prefer them fried or baked, um, but I do like them. But what I feel like animal lovers will really relate to this character. You, know, yeah. you see how he is with them and you know, sort of interacting with them and the love he has for all these different animals. Uh, I feel like those who are passionate animal people will connect with him in an instant once we see that come through. Yeah, we get a lot of those moments. I mean, we get times when his, uh, his case which is uh, pretty much what this entire movie is about. It's mm. like the first thing we see in the film is just a close-up of his his briefcase, which is very important. That's where all the animals are, and it's kind of where he has his... To me, it was like a cross between a zoo and a, a movie studio. So you'd, you'd just kind of move a, a curtain and you'd be in a completely different place. Yeah. You'd be in snow or you'd be in the savannah or something. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the way that they did inside the case. That, yeah, you, you see when that gets taken away from him uh, later on in the film, he, all he is worried about, all that he's, he's yelling, you know, he's just been um, arrested in mm. the film. You know, he, he's got his own worries at this time. Uh, he's not worried about the fact that he's getting arrested, that he's about to have his memory wiped. He's worried about his animals. Uh, he's just continuously yells out, nothing in there is dangerous, nothing in there can, you know, needs to be harmed. Uh, and yeah, you get that a lot. Also with the, the line, we made a mention to it in the trailers uh, and the trailer version of this. But when he says that his animals are, are out and surrounded by the most dangerous creatures on the planet, humans you know it really shows his his thought process and uh, i thought that was done very well and uh yeah treating all animals like they were uh, another wizard as it were yeah i liked it and and he also says uh there's a line that i i really like that the purpose of his capturing and, and getting these animals together is he's he's trying to rescue them nurture them and protect them as well as teach his fellow witches and wizards about them mm. um so i mean that that's his mission statement that's why he's writing fantastic beasts and where to find them the textbook which eventually will be available at uh, hogwarts uh, yeah that, that's why he's writing it and uh, i think we've, we've got a solid motivation for why this guy is writing this we've got some history we actually find out that he has an older brother who uh, people actually have quite a bit of respect for mm. he's a, a, a war hero uh, and and war is important in this film because we have uh, grindelwald who in the Harry Potter books we have mentioned to, uh, and he being a friend of Dumbledore's and then Dumbledore you know, uh, dueling him for the for the Elder Wand. Uh, so yeah, we, we get introduced to Grindelwald here and uh, we, we get a nice little, nice little surprise at the end. Yeah, um, just before which we get on to that, um, <laughs> just before we get on to that, just to comment on war being important, it's also quite important given the timeline because it's set in 1926, which is about 10 years since World War One happened. And we get sort of reference of uh, Dan Fogler's character, Jacob Kowalski, uh, serving in the war. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, you, you consider any kind of timeline. 
the the war finished in 1919 so you're looking you know five six seven years since all that went down um war is a very much a part of yeah, that kind of world jacob both wizards says, and general yeah jacob says that he was part of the expedition team in europe uh, which means he wasn't fighting he was over in the war mm. and uh, since coming back the only job he's been able to get is in a canning factory yeah. and, uh, he's and been you there see for two his years. shock at our um newt not having served like yeah. when they were talking about it, it's like, oh you didn't serve yeah, and then Newt has an awesome thing saying he was spending time with Ukrainian dragons. And yeah. I, I know <laughs> what I'd rather be doing. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll move on to the, uh, I guess, the big surprise of the movie towards the end that maybe wasn't a full surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of with the main character of Grindelwald, uh, Johnny Depp was actually in this movie as yeah. opposed to, like, I, I figured like he would be in i didn't think he'd actually be in this movie though i thought he was going to be introduced in the next one so it was quite a nice surprise actually to see him pop up I was like oh he's actually going to be in this one as well yeah it was uh it was a good twist actually uh, mm. one that i didn't i didn't see coming i at the very very beginning they make mention that grindelwald's doing all this stuff in in europe um and, and he's kind of built up to be the predecessor of voldemort yeah. I, I feel like we as an audience uh, and yeah, he's going around killing people and trying to get power and whatnot. This is a, a time of, of real struggle for witches and wizards where wizards are trying to stay kind of hidden. And uh, this was a question that I had while looking at the trailers. Um, and it was the same question I had when we were watching Doctor Strange, which was how are they going to deal with all of this collateral damage? Of Badly. Po- very poorly, yes. <laughs> very poorly. They pretty much, uh, to, to sum it all up, just come up with a... Uh, an easy fix, I guess. Those sex machina of the worst kind. Yeah. Um, and look, I have, I haven't actually said my thoughts on the movie. I liked it, but I had a lot of problems with it. Mm. And this is one of the major problems I have with it. I don't really like a lot of movies going with the easy fix ending that, you know, you do all this destruction and they're like, oh, wow, everything's fixed now. Woohoo, yay. Um, but this one I thought was really awkwardly handled because we see characters like, yeah, obviously stepping out in the rain, the rain sort of making them forget what happened. Okay, whatever. Um, the rain goes on for, looks like, at least a few days, probably a week. Whatever. I'll accept that. But it was also like when they were showing the montage of people suddenly forgetting, they were showing people inside the I house watched, yeah. forgetting. And like first time I thought, what? And second time I thought, what? And then I realised the second one, he was in the shower. Yeah. So I was insinuating that the water coming through the shower, and I thought, oh, maybe the first person was drinking they something. They were. That was 100% what happened yeah. on the first one, yeah. But does that mean that all the water around had suddenly been turned? Because I don't think sewage systems and water systems work that quickly. Like, if the Magic. rain's just coming down, and then in an instant the people showering, that water's not necessarily the ones that's just been hit by the magical deus ex machina dust with the bird. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, which to me was that that uh, Frank, which is actually what this whole trip for uh, mm. Newt's commander was based around, uh, and that is that he's bringing this. Basically, it's a Zapdos for anyone who's uh, <laughs> a, a Pokemon fan, and and that Beautiful was actually analogy. what I felt. I felt while looking at it, it was a combination of a Zapdos yep. with an Articuno's tail feathers on it. Um, so it's or Moltres, like yeah, exactly right. Um, oh, it's got the colour of a Moltres because it actually was kind of yellowy yellowish and red. red. Like, I, I yeah. thought it was more yellow. Though. Oh yeah, I definitely felt it was more of a. Um, but yeah, it's a big Thunderbird basically. Yeah, and um, it's uh, from likes big open spaces and and I actually kind of liked that it was from Arizona and its job was it's a rainbird. You know, mm. and I was like, yeah, that actually makes sense because we don't get to see what it does all film. Uh, and then yeah, we get that. But that that's uh, an easy fix for sure. Yeah, I, I like that it was kind of foreshadowed. Like it they didn't is. just go, oh, I've got this one animal that can fix this. Like he was introduced. Yeah. The other thing, of oh, oh, the cameras. Like how did the cameras suddenly lose all the pictures? Because like the, you know, taking photos and stuff. Did the water suddenly destroy all of those cameras as well? Because there was quite a few people taking yeah. photos, and all of those photos suddenly got destroyed and lost. And oh, uh, the same way that the wizards went around fixing all the light posts and stuff, I yeah. guess they zapped the cameras. But, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah a lot was, of unanswered questions at the end. And it was such a cop out because you know, I was watching what was going down. I'm like, okay, so this is going to be kind of like a crisis situation. The next movie where people sort of are a lot more aware. No, mm. yeah. uh, and into it. it did, however, bring us uh, the the theme of this whole movie in the very end, which was that you know that these are dangerous creatures, some of mm. them, but they have uses, and that they're not necessarily evil creatures just because their abilities yeah. define them to be so. One of these is uh, I can't remember its actual name, but it's referred to by the locals when uh, Newt's commander finds as swooping death. 
Uh, and this is a very, very dangerous and very scary looking animal who kind of comes in a couple times, is quite useful, just looks like a flying stingray dragon combo. Uh, and its venom is, yeah, very, very dangerous. But in the very end, we actually see that's how Newt fixes everything. Mm. You know, instead of obliviating everyone, he just uh, yeah, gives this, this vial of venom to Frank, his uh, rain bird, and he z- rains it over the whole city. So that's the rain we're talking about that's yeah. super annoying yeah. for us. Memory uh, rain. Memory rain, exactly. But uh, we should probably, instead of just telling everyone how this movie finishes, we should tell them how they get there. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've got a few characters we need to introduce here. Yeah, but basically what happens is Newt loses all these animals. That's yeah. the story. Yeah. Um, and there's a second story going on, but that's basically the crux of the main plot. If he loses his animals... The he get, horcrux? Ooh. Ooh. The, the uh, horcrux of the situation is he loses all his animals and he needs to get them back. And Tina, um, Tina Goldstein, comes across him uh, as an ex-aura and is trying to kind of prove herself a bit. Okay. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, she, she sees the little interaction between Newt and uh, Jacob Kowalski, mm-hmm. and and this was actually something I liked. The the very first time that Jacob and Newt's commander meet is they just bump into each other. Yeah. So what actually happens is uh, Jacob's kind of wandering around. They have the exact same case. Mm. Now that's a pretty obvious movie uh, method here. What's going to happen? Those are going to get mixed up. Jacob trips over Newt's commander's case, and both cases go sprawling on the ground. They just pick up a case and walk off. As a movie goer, you're thinking, right, they've just swapped cases. Yeah. They get inside, and um, because Newt's seen one of his one of his creatures actually has jumped out of the, the case, and it's called a Niffler. And Thank you. I actually forgot what it was called. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much a combo of, as an Australian, I liked it, because I felt it was a combo of like a platypus mm. and an echidna and a crow. So basically it looked like a combination of an echidna and a platypus and it stole everything shiny like yeah. a crow would. Uh, so if, <laughs> and we're outside a bank, so you've got a nifla. Plenty of shiny stuff. Yeah, and it also seems to have like infinite pocket folds. Mm. You know, it's got like a little pouch in the front of it like a kangaroo. Wow, this thing is just full of Australian Did references. Did J.K. Rowling come to Australia? Probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to find out the Niffler is actually from Australia. Yeah. Like, we do have some fantastic beasts. We do. And we do like find for, them. For real life. Climbing up the toilets. And yeah. Hanging and on the corners. Dropping out of trees. Yeah. Ugh. Drop bears are real people. Watch out. They are real. <coughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he, he follows this Niffler into the bank and he's kind of causing trouble going around, jumping around, trying to get different things. And uh, he Newt sits down next to Jacob Kowalski and we find out why Jacob is here at the mm. bank. He wants to be a pastry chef. He wants to open up his own bakery, which is lovely. He opens up his case and it's just full of pastries. Shocker, it's not full of animals like we were expecting. Yeah, we were expecting them to have done their little swap, but they Mm. didn't. Uh, But when they did do the swap later, because your mind had been kind of convinced, oh, they're not going that route by the first attempt, when the second one came about, it did actually kind of, not shock me, but it was like, oh, It did actually slip by me for a second. Yeah, it was quite clever storytelling actually from them to do that yeah after uh, Newt and uh, Jacob have kind of caused some trouble in the bank and zipped all over the place uh, Jacob's got this egg that has started to hatch Uh, and yeah this is how Jacob and Newt meet which is also how Tina uh, Goldstein finds them she sees Newt uh, disapparate inside of the bank and there are some pretty heavy uh, enforcements on right now, you know, some regulations on wizarding and in public and, and no majors, which is why Trent called me a no major at the start of this episode. Because you are. So are you. You don't know that. I've got the magic in me. Thankfully, for once, I'm not the one yeah, singing actually. on podcast. <laughs> um, and so she kind of chases them as, as uh, she tells them she's an aura, but we find out a little bit later and she's actually an ex-aura. Mm. And at the moment, she works in the... Uh, Wand permit office. I love that. Like, yeah. It feels like such a DMV situation. Yeah. All foreigners must get a permit before they can use a wand in America. A wand visa. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Jacob and Tina? Because uh, personally, I really liked Jacob. I thought he was one of the more... Probably the best character of the bunch, actually. He was a great audience avatar and legitimately good comedy and emotional relief. Yeah, he was my favourite character. Yeah. Uh, I was I was waiting for you to for you to bring that up. Yeah, he is my favourite character. I enjoyed him more And I wasn't expecting new... that. Yeah. I thought he'd be a little bit of a bumbling sidekick, kind of bring, not bring the story down, but like be there to cause issues. I thought he would be there to explain the story. So mm. I thought his job would be 
to be the bumbling, I don't know what's going on, everybody explain yeah. to me what's happening so and that you can explain to the audience what's happening. Yeah. And he was, yeah. but it wasn't in any way uh, conflicting with the toning or the pacing of the story. No, and it wasn't forced. It wasn't... Yeah. Uh, he was put into the story. I mean, he's quite central to the story. Mm. Everything does manoeuvre around all of these characters. And uh, and that actually brings us up to another one. Queenie is another one we, we do yeah, meet. the younger sister of uh, Tina. Yeah, and um, we find that she's a, a legimens, yeah. which is... She reads the minds, basically. Mm. And that brought so much comedy into, into this movie. I, I really enjoyed and just her... Little scenes, and you got the thing where Jacob sees her first, and then later on she says, "Don't worry, most guys think what you thought when they first see me." And it's kind of like, "Oh wow, you know, this is this is." She's been reading his mind this whole time, mm. and and there's a lot of little comedy bits. She's like, "I am not flirting when when Tina just thinks it to her." Um, <laughs> and, so and I enjoyed that. Quite pick up uh, Newt's accent in mind accent, which yeah. is interesting as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, and it also gets used later on, and we can find out about uh, Newt in Hogwarts. Mm. So it, it gets used as a very important storytelling tool as well. Yeah, she yeah. got involved more than I was expecting too, and yeah. it worked well. Like that, that the dynamic of those four was the biggest thing in this movie for me. They made the movie good. Yeah, well, they were definitely the core group. And and you may be wondering, how did a, a nomage get away from a magician? He smacked him in the head. That, that was it. So yeah. basically, uh, as, as Newt went to turn to get his, his wand to uh, obliterate um, Jacob's memory of you know magic and all of this crazy stuff that had just happened at the beginning of the film, uh, Jacob picks up his case and smacks Newt in the head. Yeah. Also not his case. We, this is where the, uh, <laughs> the swap happens. And, it, and it's kind of because I didn't see the, the smack in the head coming. I had a bit of a laugh at that. I didn't even think that, oh, they've swapped the cases now. Yeah, magician's um, trick. Yeah, and uh, that was yeah, that's pretty much the point of this film. That mm. uh, yeah, Jacob now has a case full of, of creatures that get let out. Yeah, and just run amok. And really, the whole middle third of this movie is basically a couple of different scenes of him trying to get the different ones back. Yeah, and so they go to Times Square and they go to the zoo to try and catch this big kind of rhinoceros elephant-looking thing. Yeah, um, that's horny. Yeah. In two ways. I didn't mean to make that joke, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then we sort of get another one where they're in Macy's uh, chasing one and then they realise they've got another one that's missing and uh, that was quite a fun little scene as well. Fantastic beasts in this movie do make it and that's where this was going to stand or fall. Mm. Um, you make a movie called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. If you make some interesting beasts that aren't fantastic, people will be like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we do get quite a lot of fantastic beasts. I really enjoyed the, the animals in this. And there's a lot of humour and comic relief throughout these scenes, um, just kind of building building the relationship between the two and then the four of them, which worked really well. My biggest issue, I guess, is how these scenes kind of tonally clashed with the second story that was going on, um, which for those who need it, brief reminder of what was happening you had Percival Graves who was played by Colin Farrell kind of working with this family of anti-witch people kind of they were called second Salemers and they're sort of going around speaking of how witches and wizards are real and that they're evil and he's interacting with one of the characters Credence yeah Credence yeah. who was played by the Flash actually. yeah <laughs> um I really thought this was an underwhelming second story and just hurt the film so much it felt like a different movie i yeah i, I definitely agree i mean yeah uh, percival graves is, is kind of working and and this is a family which is led by a, a patriarchal mother mm, mary lou yeah thank you i actually didn't remember what her name was we're working uh, together we we do work well we kind of help each other out where we need it uh so yeah she's just very against witches and wizards and she's preaching that there are witches and wizards and mm. she's right yeah but everyone looks at her as if she's crazy because that's what you would actually have done. She doesn't that help her. She <laughs> is a little crazy. Um, and and we find out a little bit later on, you know, that that yes, Graves is working with with Credence uh, without her knowledge, mm. and he's trying to get him to find uh, a child who has extraordinary power and maybe suppressing it. Uh, and and so that's what we've got that their relationship is throughout this entire film and, until the very end where things become a little bit more clear on what's going on mm. and this suppressing of magic is uh, is quite an important theme for for this film which is uh, they, they talk about uh, back in the old days when uh, witches and wizards had to kind of suppress their their magic ability because they were you know getting prosecuted they were getting burnt they were getting tied to 
to um, chairs and thrown in rivers. Mm. Uh, and yeah, they, they say that if a child, a, a magician, a, a wizard, suppresses their magical ability, it kind of manifests in its own dark form, like a dark cloud. Uh, and it's called an obscurus. Yeah. And uh, so that's very important for, for this film because pretty much the big threat in this film is an obscurus, uh, which we see pop up a couple times mm. uh, and it kills... Uh, actually kills Mary Lou eventually. It also kills the... the mayor? Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to, to say. He's a mayoral candidate yeah. and he's the son of the newspaper editor. Mm. It makes sense in the film. Yeah, it's not that difficult to make sense of in the film, but it is kind of weird to kind of explain because not a lot of time is given to them either. They're no. just kind of... They're, they're obviously there to build the you know to the climax of that particular event. Um, and, and to represent the... Muggle, as we know, mm. the nomage media. Yeah. That, you know, these are the guys who, you know, if this story is going to break, and, and we actually see earlier in the film when this uh, second Salemers actually try and, and go to the newspaper and say, mm. hey, print this. Yeah. We don't want any money. We just want to get this out there. And then they pop up later on when all of the big stuff's going on. And yeah, they're, like watching. they're there taking photos. and but That's really it. Like, they... Yeah. They weren't important, no. to be honest. They, they served the purpose, and yeah, they got as much time devoted to them as they needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just this whole side story, which obviously carried quite a bit of importance, um, I, just frustrated me because like we've seen Harry Potter juggle tonal differences. Like Prisoner of Azkaban's quite a dark movie, but also has plenty of humour intersped through it. And so we've seen some of these movies pull it off quite well. This one didn't. Um, and this whole second sort of story, there was a couple of reasons why I don't think it worked. Part of it was the pacing and the tone of it. The second was all of the twists that were involved in it mm. were too... Like, yeah, there's a twist basically where you're watching the movie and there's so much focus uh, spent on the little child, Modesty. Mm. And she's looking all creepy and weird. And so you led... Yeah, the, the movie's kind of leading you to believe that, oh, maybe she's the one cur uh, sort of utilising the Obscurus. Um, and then it sort of revealed its actually credence to the surprise of... Maybe some, but I thought it was so heavily foreshadowed. It was. That it was meant to be her that you kind of were like, hang on, this isn't going to be yeah, the case. We, we get told uh, that he has a, a, a strange mother. Mary mm. Lou beats him more than the other children. Uh, so she's got lots of lots of kids, and we, we find out that yeah, she beats him more than the others. And this is also how Tina lost her aura ship. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it's called, but aura ship seems to be a word. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, basically Credence was getting beaten by her and, uh, Tina st stood in and was like, Hey, stop that. Mm. That's not right. They had to obliviate a whole bunch of people. In, yeah. Did this in front of a, kind of like a corner f covered in, in people, uh, spectators. So yeah, they had to obliviate a whole heap of, of spectators, but it also did raise me, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll jump over to it in a little bit yep. actually. But, um, we, with Credence, we find out that he's a squib as mm. well so uh, he, he does come from a magical family but he doesn't have any magical abilities uh, and that's kind of why Mary Lou is so aggressive so nasty to him all of the time because he's kind of is what she hates but yeah. she's one of them you know he doesn't have any abilities and, and we eventually find out that it's not modesty it, it's credence mm. um, and that kind of I mean we, uh, through up to this point we've been told that Obscurus has happened from children kind of you know they can't them, live beyond 10 kind yeah of thing. and and yeah that the actual Obscurus they, they don't live beyond 10 mm. um, once you get past that point yeah uh, and then we've got credits who I just looking at him I would say probably early 20s like late teens yeah I would have said mid to late teens yeah, um, yeah. I, I think given who was playing him I, I feel like he was meant to be probably 16 yep. approximately maybe 17 but definitely that awkward teen phase and as you can imagine from you know what we've been told that if these things usually die out when they're 10 and this thing's lasted you know, nearly twice as long mm. now it's pretty big and pretty pretty powerful yeah. and he not being a wizard can't control it uh, and and this was something that i actually found really interesting that in the end we've got this character newt's commander he's autistic he actually needs to try and connect with another human mm. to save everyone he's sitting there and he's trying to talk to credence and saying look can i come over there and stuff and in the end graves comes in and, and kind of ruins it a bit and even in the in the very last scene with graves i mean this whole thing we've had his motivation being to find the this powerful child within the, the yeah, you know, and then we find out that it's Credence, and he's just trying to use him. And Graves kind of goes from just being uh, up to this point, he was a government official. 
he was doing his job mm. but he actually seemed to be quite a, a nice guy like I, he was like he's yeah. not a bad guy he, he was painted to be the antagonist because he was going against Newt but, but he really, was doing so because it was his job and he was doing the right thing working yeah. for the government and if you are looking from a government perspective this guy smuggled in a whole bunch of animals illegally yeah potentially dangerous animals illegally who are causing issues in the area now obviously they're passing off the damage done um, by the obscura as the animals being behind it which is wrong and you know it's kind of shown that Percival knows what's going on yeah. there but outside of that like it's a rule like he's not that bad of an antagonist until towards the end when they sh- start to show how he's treating Credence and his ultimate plans and the fact that hey he's actually Grindelwald yeah um, but I was sort of watching it going well you're the designated antagonist but I actually agree with you yeah and, yeah I had the exact same yeah. feeling uh, it does actually I do have another question about mm. uh, Grindelwald and that is do you think they're going to give him the Elder Wand during this oh um, sorry to put you on the spot like that out yeah. of nowhere well, at this stage, do we know who is it meant to be Dumbledore who has it at this stage, or does he lose it to Dumbledore after? No, no, no. Um, he hasn't. Grindelwald hasn't um, battled yet. Because yeah. after Dumbledore and Grindelwald battle for yep. the Elder Wand, uh, Grindelwald is then trapped by yep. by Dumbledore like forever. He's not trapped right now. So this yeah. is obviously pre their duel. Just confirming because yeah. you're much more Harry Potter than I am. I would say depends how they want to introduce Dumbledore. I think mm. at some stage they probably will give it to him because it's an established weapon of dominance and a dangerous weapon. Like, people who know the Harry Potter universe will know, uh-oh, he's got the Elder Wand, it's about to go down. Yeah. Um, so I think they probably will, and that way they can bring in a Dumbledore, which, if they can market Dumbledores in this movie, um, it'll help sell the movie. And, and they have said Dumbledore's name a couple times mm. uh, and that uh, we're actually led to believe that he's in the, the courtroom when yeah. they're... Uh, so I think that we will get Dumbledore versus Grindelwald at some point during this movie franchise. Yeah. I think it's too big of a, a named duel for them to not build up to that. Oh, yeah. And we as fans know that that's going to happen, that in the past that did happen. So it's something that we actually can look forward mm. to in this series where we don't have the books like we did Harry Potter... The, the Harry Potter series uh, because you know this is all new yeah. so uh, yeah that actually gives us as viewers something to look forward to so mm. I really hope they do do a Dumbledore uh, versus I Grindelwald I feel like they will maybe yeah. might take a couple of movies but yeah I think that we're definitely building to that just on the courtroom for a second this is completely unrelated to everything else more or less but I actually kind of thought it was really cool to see uh, the lead actress from the TV show Humans was one of the uh, wizards who was speaking while there. Oh right, um, yeah, I haven't just, seen that, so I don't know who. Yeah, you it's mean. a, it's. I mean, it's a really good sci-fi sort of cyber, not cyberpunk, but sort of about androids and yeah, robots coming to life and artificial intelligence. But she's the main actress in that as one of the robots. And yeah, nice. I was watching it, and I'm like, you look like her, and she's got quite a distinctive face. I'm like, is that her? Is that her? And then she spoke. I'm like, yes, that's her. That's her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's just me, kind of TV show fan yeah, out there. We also get uh, a female president of the mm-hmm. United States. Yep. I mean, the wizarding world in the United States. But, uh, yeah, so wizards were well ahead of us as far as uh, equality. President Serafina Pickery. Yes, that was that was it. I couldn't remember her last I thought name. And that's a, the important one. Yeah, I thought she'd have a bit more of a role in it. Just from the trailers, mm. I thought she was going to be in it a bit more. She's there, um, and she kind of serves a couple of purposes, but... There's a lot of characters in this movie um, that get more time than I was expecting, yeah. so she kind of lost out a really, little bit. Really, as far as the president's concerned, you've got the first scene where Tina kind of goes in, and that's a very short scene mm. where she just kind of turns to Tina and says, you're fired, go back to your area. Yeah, just establishing the characters. Yeah, and then we have another one where you kind of walk in there in a courtroom and she's busy and she's doing that, so mm. you don't get much there. And then pretty much the end scene where she just arrives and is like hey we have problems and we need to fix the problems yeah and then we can't like, fix oh, the problems you fix oh, the no. problems congrats oh you fixed the problems thank you for yeah. fixing the problems that don't was forget to obliterate that guy yeah uh, and that was I, I really enjoyed that too actually because mm. I mean up to this point we've had Jacob Kowalski on Nomage as part of this group and, and he really has been you know enjoying and he and Queenie kind of have a bit of a, a romance going on yeah. uh, as well as Newt and Tina um, kind of the budding beginnings yeah, of the, a relationship off yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, at the very end of this, we have uh, the wonderful rain that both Trent and I absolutely loved as a plot point, <clears throat> which is, yeah, wiping everyone's memory yeah. of, of what has happened, which just before this was just a massive fight with creatures mm. blasting out everywhere. Yeah, and, you New know, York got, gets partially destroyed. Yeah, and, uh, and we kind of have this 
how are they going to fix it? Uh, they're coming like, oh, we can't obliterate a whole city. Obliviate, sorry. We, well, we could obliterate one, but we, we, we don't want to. We could Obliviate <laughs> an entire We can go city. Man of Steel on this place. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, we, we just can't fix it. And Newt says, well, we probably can. Surprise! Venom, Thunderbird. It's raining. Everyone's forgetting. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so then we've got, you know, is that no mage still here referring to, to Jacob Kowalski? And uh, it's like, yeah, he needs to be obliterated. Okay. Um, and so they end up having this very emotional scene where they kind of have to say goodbye to mm. Jacob and he's kind of, you know, oh, I'm not going to remember this. Uh, and, and I actually, I like the way they tied that off. I think from this point forward, they could cut Jacob Kowalski out of the films and it would work. Mm but I would don't want them to because I think he was a very good character and I would like him to be a recurring character. What well, is kind of left uh, up in the air a bit about how much he remembers because when he's in the bakery and he's sort of working, he sort of has all these interesting bakery sort of patisserie designs which are based off the animals from the Fantastic Beasts that you know, they've been chasing. You mm. see you know, the little nick, what was Niffler. It Niffler, thank you. Kind of lying on its back with its arms up being quite cute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've got references to all of these fantastic beasts you've seen which and then Queenie walks supposed to not remember and he actually mm. has a customer say where do you come up with these ideas and he just says like I don't know which, which we nice, believe which is nice because he kind of said before I could never come up with this stuff yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my, my brain's not smart enough to come up with all mm. this I must be yeah. Um, when he's saying that he's not dreaming when he's in, in Newt's uh, yeah. suitcase yeah and uh, yeah the Queenie comes in and they kind of look at each other have that and kind of look and smile. you kind of get the impression he might vaguely remember because yeah. I mean he, he walks out into the rain and you know he sort of goes through the memory loss phase and then Queenie comes out with a little magic umbrella and kind of just gives him a little kiss so yeah. they could easily explain that as he remembers her and sort of that kiss kind of brought parts of it back um, which, which, which would work to as a yeah no that would work as a way of having him come back in the series as well like having I know who you are but mm. I don't know why um, I, I think that would work and I would like to see him because he was very funny. It was it was not overdone comic relief. Yeah, uh, which uh, is it's hard to picture this movie without him. And obviously, yeah. the second one would be quite different. Um, but how they handle without that kind of character would be quite interesting. Yeah, and what their approach basically would be. Yeah, no, I agree. I just wanted to say another thing. Um, a more complaining. Um, shocker from me. Uh, we got another missed antagonist at the end again. Oh, I'm sick of this crap. Missed antagonist. The Obscurus. Like, towards the end, he was causing all this chaos and stuff. And it's kind of that vaguely you can see it, but you can't. And, I mean, we saw what was happening in the trailers. But, oh, I'm just... Between all these superhero and action movies reverting to, you know, missed cloudy kind of enemies. It's just... I'm oh, sick of it. missed. Yeah. I thought you meant missed, as in did not catch. Oh, they had an no, opportunity no. that they did not take. No, mis I now I see glad that we cleared that up especially (laughs) on a podcast where people are going off words yeah and audio yeah oh I'm sick of this stuff yeah I I understand that it's such a cop out villain Uh, for me I I get they were building towards that as being the problem Um, but they could have fixed that up a lot easier and honestly it would have been more interesting to see Percival slash Grindelwald kind of just go on a bit of a war path you know trying to help with this revelation of wizards against humans and you know, almost kind of cause a war between the two people, the Nomad and the Majors. Would have been far more interesting to just... Which oh, is what we've been told is Grindelwald's... Like, that, that's his yeah, aim. That's, that's what he's trying purpose. to do. He's trying to, yeah, bring war between mm. wizards and Nomages because wizards will win. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It just would have been a lot more interesting to see him go down that path because wizard battles is interesting. Mm. Um, giant clouds of mist destruction is not interesting it wasn't interesting the first time they started doing it and i have not i can't remember a movie who's done it well like doctor strange is the one who's come closest to doing it and they didn't actually do any destruction with that no. it was just a person um kind of thing but all the other ones that try and use it as a main villain ah, oh, it yeah. doesn't work stop doing it hollywood i uh yeah and there was one other thing i didn't like about the the mist Mister, uh, Mister, which was that. Uh, so we've got this whole. We're trying to connect with Credence, the the guy, the the child inside mm. this mist, um, and and it's working. You know, he's kind of slowing down and and he's getting kind of calm. Looks like everything's going to be okay. 
authorities come in and they start like shooting and everyone's like we're everyone important that we are yeah. saying like no stop shooting him you know we care about credence and and you know he he does actually uh, tina is a friend of his so he, he definitely starts to listen to her because she stood up for him in the mm. past uh, and then he gets blown up and, and i was like that was so brutal and i kind of i kind of liked that throughout this entire film it was about the animals and how they were being prosecuted and how wizards were... I mean, when, when someone first hears that Newt is writing a book, their first thought, their first assumption is, oh, like an extermination guide. Uh, and he's like, no, like how to look after these the animals. Exact the complete opposite of that. Teaching people that they don't need to exterminate these creatures mm. and that, you know, they're, they're quite... I mean, we actually see he's, uh, he's saved the last two mating pairs of a species. You know, they would be extinct without him. Yeah. This is what's important to him. Um, and so yeah, I, I did like that uh, that going throughout the, the film it definitely suited and then yeah like a, a human gets blown up mm. for being un, you know, uncontrollable and I feel like it was meant to be more of an emotional moment than it was yeah he literally like like, he's gone and there's like a few little strips of like black and, you're and like, then oh. they just move on yeah no which one. even Tina like I, I liked her character pretty much throughout the whole movie but they could have done something there with her kind of reacting a and they built that she was attached to credence mm. she, she actually had like a personal yeah attachment like when she was going to be put to death like she had the memories of, of him went, yeah. yeah um which was which kind of like how a, brutal is that like a method of killing people is to you know show them memories and then have them suicide basically yeah. that's oh, so brutal yeah just it's just like a big pensive and then yeah there are easier it. ways to do it and probably cheaper ways too i can't imagine that setup's cheap no I mean, I get it was for movie, like it looked cool and made for a nice little action scene, but gee. Yeah, it was so brutal. Just like, just use a spell. Yeah. I'm sure that's less painful and less traumatic and less awkward. Like, Probably. But I'm not, I'm not someone who knows much about capital punishment in the wizarding world or the nomad world. No? No. no not, not your thing? No, no, I've not practiced it. Oh, I have. Oh, awkward. For you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think like the impression I'm getting here, like we will start you, you sort of bring bring it to a close. Uh, we both enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but we both also had quite a few issues with and it. And they seem to be the same issues. Yeah, which I'm, I'm kind of surprised. surprised. At, yeah. I'm also surprised because I, like after watching it, I sort of wrote up my review for it. And after I sort of wrote up, I like to check a couple of people's reactions. There's a couple of uh, YouTubers I watch, Jeremy Johns, Chris Duckman, for example. Hmm. Um, and I value their opinion quite a bit. And I was watching theirs and neither of them seemed to have any issues with the issues I've brought up here and you've sort of also collaborated. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. And I've sort of looked at some of the reviews and like IMDb has it as an 8 um, and Ron Tomatoes is I think 77% at this stage or something. Um, and like, everything I'm reading, like, I almost felt like, am I the only one who thinks this? Yeah. When you're not. I, I felt like the rain was a bit of a cop-out as well. Mm. But that's about it. Really, like that was my main, and, and it's not even a complaint. Didn't ruin this film for a second for yeah. me. Uh, it was literally just like a, oh well, you probably could have found a better way to do that. But all wrapped up, all good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. There's enough there. Like with this movie, it's still definitely worth watching. I still recommend it. There's a lot of things I have wrong with it. Like that, really, the second story there, uh, going straight through. I had problems with the pacing was a bit off and stuff. Still a good movie. I would it, like not that I use star ratings or anything because I think that makes like, you don't pay attention to what the person's saying. You just check the the, the scoring. Um, but it's a three out of five kind of movie for me. Yeah. Good, um, but enough problems there to stop it from being any higher for me personally. Yeah, I'm not sure where I would rate it because I mean, bias maybe four out of mm. five. Then just like gets that little bit extra. Um, because I mean, I, I'm one to admit bias and it gets oh, yeah. a little bit of things that I am a fan of the series get a little extra boost. I'm the guy who likes Dawn of Justice, so uh, no issues with biases yeah, here. Let's, let's, we want people to listen to this podcast, not be like, oh, one of these guys has no taste in pop culture. <laughs> so, like, come on now. It was good, damn it. Yeah, so says you. No, it was alright. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that kind of also was like, oh, I really like, like, I recognise the flaws, but I'm like, I really like this movie. Everyone, you know, all the critics seem to hate it. And then with Harry Potter, it's like, oh, they all really sort of give it double thumbs up. And I'm kind of like, eh, it's a one and a half thumbs. This one is also one of the reasons me. why I listen to your opinion on movies, because 
you actually have one. <laughs> this is something that that I uh, that does bother me when people just kind of go with the flow. They're mm. like, "Oh, everyone didn't like that movie, so I don't like that movie." Go and watch it. Make up your own opinion. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I, you'll be surprised. I actually don't rip on Trent very much because he likes that film. Because he has reasons for liking that film. Mm. I'm like, that's actually valid. And, yeah. you know, uh, your opinion is your opinion. I can't tell you, mm. no, you didn't like that film. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, and, th- and it's an important other... thing. Have your own opinions. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You can still like a movie that is flawed. Or have our opinions, because our oh, yeah. opinions are right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is the one true opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's okay to like a movie that is flawed. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a flawed movie. It's still an enjoyable movie. It's still one I would watch again. Oh, yeah. Dawn of Justice is horribly flawed. Suicide Squad is horribly flawed. I still enjoy them. One of my favourite... The movie I watch the most out of any other movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, is horribly flawed. There is a lot wrong with that movie. But it's still a movie I love watching. Mm. You can like movies with flaws. Um, part of the reason why Sharknado is actually enjoyable to some people. It's enjoyed for its flaws. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's okay. Like, And a, a movie that has few flaws can still kind of not work. Yeah. Yeah, movie and entertainment, it's all subjective. It sure is. Yeah, which is why you should agree with me in saying that Harry Potter, uh, Fantastic Beasts was good, but not great. Agree with me. I I agree. (laughs) I agree. So is there anything else you kind of wanted to mention about this movie before Uh, we start bringing this to a close? No. No. No, except for all of the uh, foreshadowing that we've gotten through this. It uh, has got me excited for this this series. Uh, You know, we've got a few little nods to Newt's past and Mm. back at Hogwarts and We've got the beginnings of some of these pairings off and some character dynamics that I that I really enjoy. So Depp I'm, looks pretty cool too as Grindelwald. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, yeah, yes, has a he pretty does. cool look. And that was, I mean, to have Colin Farrell turned into Johnny Depp. I yeah. mean, for a lot of people, that's going to be a big surprise. Mm. Uh, I wasn't as surprised because I knew Johnny Depp was going to be a wizard in the series, and like one of my other friends said, that there was a. A, like a cameo that he was annoyed got ruined for him and that he would have really enjoyed and I was like ah right yeah um, it's funny I saw Colin Farrell being uh, Grindelwald like that was to me it was obvious that his character was meant to be Grindelwald because of the way they built that up from the very start with the I would have said the exact same thing except I knew that uh, Johnny Depp had been like booked to be yeah. Grindelwald so I didn't actually think and that oh maybe it is still him and though. the thing I, I knew Johnny was booked and I kind of thought oh yeah I'm pretty sure I read he was meant to be Grindelwald but when I was watching it it didn't click I just kind of thought Colin Farrell's character is clearly going to be Grindelwald like even the shot where they showed the blonde haired Grindelwald walking through and it was behind showing his haircut and like the first thing we see of Percival Graves is that same kind of shot exact same shot and it's like exact same haircut that's that's going to be the character Um, but it didn't cross my mind that he's going to turn literally turn into Johnny Depp because he's sort of obscuring his face Mm. with magic Um, so that was yeah it worked quite well in that regard yeah yeah Um, and if for those who are interested the next movie is currently scheduled to come out I think it was November 16th in 2018 so a little, a little under two years now to get your next yeah. fix of Fantastic Beasts. That's pretty Beasts. good. Uh, we do have one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. with that dynamic of Grindelwald. Uh, so we've got in this movie, which is set in America, we've got this guy America. that works for the American government. He's Irish. Mm. Then we've got this guy who is from Europe and he's an American. Mm. That casting could have probably gone around the other way <laughs> had Johnny Depp not just been a much better bigger name yeah uh, and, and yeah, I kind of thought of that it's kind of interesting how yeah the guy that works for America had the, the European accent but um, Johnny Depp didn't you know when he, his speech at the end uh, I wasn't like right American accent you've ruined this mm. uh, so um, I'm still excited to see what he does with, with Grindelwald oh for sure He's, it's very interesting to see Johnny Depp with blonde hair yeah I j- I've just realised that like we don't get that very often usually all of his characters have dark hair mm, because he's in Tim Burton movies yeah yeah so you get that with Tim Burton they're all gonna be fairly dark uh, but yeah we get seen with some blonde hair and uh, to this point I haven't thought that looks super weird on you mm. so, and um, Johnny Depp kind of characters or would always work well in that kind of antagonistic villainous role yeah we don't get that a whole lot generally um, we, we just don't get a lot on. of him in this film yeah though. But yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see him move forward in this kind of character and knowing that, you know, Grindelwald, he's not going to be knocked out in like one movie after this. So it's going to be fun to see where they go with it and also how they tie in Newt Scamander into it all. 
Because I feel like they've built him up. I feel like they're not just going to move him on after one or two movies. There's too much character development and intertwining of the characters mm. to just leave and, it. And like I said, too much foreshadowing of things that they're going yeah. to do with him. I feel like they've got a lot of storylines they can go. But it, will, it does seem like they might have to forcibly tie these two kind of stories together. Because yeah. realistically, they shouldn't need to interact unless Grindelwald decides to attack animals. Yeah. Um, there's no real need for them to do so, but they'll find a way. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood always finds a way. Yeah, I mean, there's also the chance that, you know, we don't know where they're going to go with this series, mm. but they might end up putting together kind of like an allied forces of, of wizards, and you know, this small group are going to be the ones go who go after Grindelwald for something, and Newt might just be a member. Yeah. And, and we also get a few other um, characters. I mean, the very next film might not have Newt Scamander in it as the main character. Mm. might be centred on someone else, and Newt's a, a supporting um, but it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah, I mean... And yeah. I like the fact that we've got names. We've got characters that we know from the books that are important characters mm. like Grindelwald, Dumbledore, and Newt Scamander. You know, these are all very important characters. So um, it, it's not a throwaway series. You know, these are this is a standalone film, standalone series that uh, have strong characters. They're yeah. not just trying to live off the Harry Potter cinematic universe we've had. Um, which is one of, was one of my worries. And uh, as I said, I had a friend who did feel that because they mm. saw a, a, a Deathly Hallows uh, necklace, which I didn't quite understand. But um, yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, Everyone I seems, sort of saw it and thought, oh, that's things. a cool little tie-back. Yeah, it I felt it was a, a tie-back, not a reliance. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, if I, there's been, a lot if, of If it had been a reliance, I think we would have got a lot more uh, forced references yeah. than what we did. Um, we, we didn't get Force Awakens kind of levels in this at all. <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed the movie. Uh, could have been a lot better. I, if, if I was directing it, I would have done things differently. But by the same token, there's a reason why I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to direct movies and instead sit here and complain about them on a podcast with a friend. I'm a friend! <laughs> so that's pretty much it for Fantastic Beasts. Uh, I, hope, I hope you enjoyed the movie. I um, hope you enjoyed the podcast of us talking about the movie. Uh, let us know what you thought. If you disagree with us, feel free to tell us we're wrong. We won't listen to you, but you can tell us what you like. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> we will respond and try to do so uh, courteously. Yeah, depends on how you put things. Yeah, it depends your wording, yeah. yeah. Don't make we will reply to you in out. the same manner in which you speak to us. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I like that that sort of framing. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to keep up to date with everything One Up Culture, be sure. And to, you should. Oh, you totally should. Um, be sure to check us out at One Up Culture on Twitter. Uh, update all of the articles that we sort of put out, including some of the articles I write from outside. Um, and also check us on the WordPress One Up Culture. Just Google it. You should be able to find it as well. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic piece. Pretty good. Yeah, Not great, definitely. But pretty good. Yeah, I definitely um, enjoy that. Yeah. So I've been Trent. I have been Jareth. And that is game over.